Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, with a dash of garden, chatting about current interests, and life in my northern town. You can find show notes at mycreativecorner3.com. You can also find all of my social media, how to purchase a virtual cup of coffee, and all events on the website. Please feel free to stop by and leave a comment. I really appreciate everyone who listens. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone. It's April 22nd. I just want to say that it's been a very slow roll on the springtime here. It's been the longest transition between winter and spring. Yes, we've had a little bit of slushy snow and yes, we've had rain with a teeny bit of sun. I want to say it's only been about 50 this week and today it's 47. So I did something today I haven't done in over a year, probably even years that came very easily is that I sit and sewed for probably about four hours. And then I'll tell you all the things I was working on later. But first, yes, we were on vacation last week. We went to Virginia Beach. The weather was fabulous. It was sunny about every day. I think one day had a little bit of overcast and rain. It was in the 70s, close to 80. We went to the botanical gardens and saw the beautiful spring flowers. Um, Their tulips were pretty much done. They had iris, but all of the flowering trees like um, cherry and snowball bushes that were trees are so old. And a lot of the early summer, to me, flowers were blooming. I did put a few pictures up on Instagram if you want to see. Norfolk has a beautiful botanical garden and it's it's about 100 years old and the plants are just amazing. So it was a great day to spend with the grandkids and we really didn't get too much sun. I did cheat and I didn't walk the entire trip because my legs were getting a little bit tired So we rode the tram for the perimeter to see all the old growth trees and azaleas. They have a lot of very old azaleas and I think some camillas were blooming. But anyway, I want to say I was able to keep up for most of the trip. We went to Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, which is only about an hour and 20 minutes from Virginia Beach. And we went to the National Monument for the Wright Brothers where they had their first flight They had a reproduction plane and a docent showed how they flew it with the bending and twisting of this flimsy little plane made out of looks like kite sails and bicycle parts because they worked in a bicycle shop. I just thought it was fascinating how determined they were to get something to fly. And it was a lot of, a lot of failures before they hit on something that worked. And so Kitty Hawk, where they were, 
was very sandy and very windy and it wasn't much different the day we were there. It was very, very sunny and overall I did, um, I want to say 8,500 steps that day. It was fantastic. While we were there, we drove down to um, Bodie Island, I no, Bodie Lighthouse on Nags Head Island, I do believe, because we were in the Outer Banks. And I got thinking when I saw a sign for Ocracoke Island. I know that Francis of the Off-Kilter Quilt goes there a lot, and I can see why. It's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful place. A lot of beaches. So, of course, while you're there looking at a lighthouse, we saw, um, we, didn't, we, we did go on a boardwalk, and we didn't see the ocean at that particular island because it was a lot of dunes and tide pools. And on the lookout, we saw a lot of wildlife. We saw a nutria. Those things are huge. I thought they were small like a beaver, but they're not. About three or four times the size. We saw a snake in the water. We're not exactly sure what it was. Could have been a venomous snake because the sign said don't deviate from the boardwalk because <laughs> there are venomous snakes and burrs. And we saw all kinds of water birds and herons and seabirds so that was very pretty and then the girls really wanted to go on the beach well I couldn't say no I wanted to go to the beach too so we drove to a public beach and I thought we would be the only people on the beach this day because it was probably in maybe 70-ish and I am not kidding you it was filled with people we were up closer to Kitty Hawk now, and I was like, they must all be from the Midwest because they were sitting on the beach, listening to music, playing ball. Um, they even had a spot on the beach. If you had a special permit, you could drive an ORV or a truck down there. We, we walked from the parking lot, which made it more fun. I couldn't believe it. They were all on the beach in their bathing suits, soaking up sun. And sand and wind because it was a little windy. However, the girls had a lot of fun sticking their toes in the water, supervised by a parent, not grandma. I just took a couple videos and they said it was absolutely freezing, which I figured it would be in April. So uh, we stayed a few days. We did drive home through the Skyline Drive. I give that two thumbs up, you know, a 10 out of 10. It's a national park. So is the Wright Brothers Memorial and the National Seashore Line that we were on. So we ticked off three national parks and monuments off of the national parks list. We're trying to do as many as we can. And it was well worth all of it for the education and seeing the, the wildlife and experiencing the salt air. But another national park we hit on the way home is called the Skyline Drive. And it is in northern Virginia. We started at Staunton, which I really liked. It's a beautiful little town. We ate at a little depot restaurant downtown that was a little expensive for what it was. But it was a 
it was not a chain. It was a local restaurant, had some local beverages and steaks. It, it was a fun, fun time. They even have a cultural museum near there. We didn't go in it because we wanted, we were short on time because we got had 100 miles in this 35 mile an hour trip with a million pull-offs, which you have to do if you want to see all the beauty. So we drove along the Skyline Drive. It picks up um, in Staunton near the um, Appalachian, no, not the Appalachian, the Blue Ridge Parkway. The Appalachian Trail does cross the Skyline Drive. And you are, you are between 2,000 and 3,500 feet in elevation through the mountains. And you are overlooking the Shenandoah Valley as well as some other passes on the other side of the mountains. It was absolutely gorgeous. I would definitely encourage people to go in the spring because the leaves were not 100% fully budded. So we had a panoramic view through the trees, but just enough green to give it uh, some color when you took pictures. And all of the dogwoods and red buds were blooming, beautiful pinks and whites. And uh, it was just a gorgeous drive. Then we got on the Pennsylvania Turnpike and home. That was two and a half long days of driving. Well worth it. Do not be in a hurry if you're going to go on the Skyline Drive. Watch the weather postings because you are in the mountains and they do close it due to bad weather. Pack a lunch. There were no places really open in April to get a you know, um, a meal. You could get, you know, coffee or water at a couple of their little shops with, um, they had plenty of rest areas that were not primitive. And they had some camping and they had hiking. Um, I did get out on the Appalachian Trail and walked a few feet, but the elevation really bothered me. I wasn't able to do a lot of walking or hiking up there. Just that day with all the pollen, probably from the blooming trees and the elevation made my lungs feel a little uncomfortable. So I did a lot of um, pic pictures and photo opportunities at all the pullouts that we chose to get off on. There is some camping up there. There are a few lodges. There is um, lots of hiking. There's a waterfall and some really long, intense trails. And you can see Old Rag, which is a classic view. And that is a very... Um, popular place to hike. My daughter told me that they were going to hike Old Rag, but when they got tickets, because they only, you have to have a ticket to go on it. They only let so many people on a day and it was pouring down rain. So they did a shorter hike on a different mountain, but you can see it from the Skyline Drive. So I would give this all a very popular place to go. Not a ton of what I'd say entertaining things for children, young children or teenagers who are not into nature. Um, but there are there's a lot of wine um, wineries and vineyards to drive through orchards and a lot of culture and history, of course. you could t we we read every plaque about the Civil War, every plaque about how the national park was formed and the families that were displaced. There were about 500 people to to make this a national park. 500 people were displaced and they were given opportunity to move into the Shenandoah Valley. Many did not choose to go. And I guess there are cemeteries and remains of their homes um, in some of the places that are not to be touched because they're a landmark. 
Anyway, I love it. If you love that kind of thing, I would definitely um, go in the spring, but watch for snow that will close the road. Bring everything you need because it's a wild national park. So while I was in Virginia Beach, um, Becky on the Facebook group made a recommendation that we stop at a local needle workshop. And I'm like, what? There is such a thing? I only know of needle workshops as being online because where I live is so rural. I've never had a needle workshop. Dying to Stitch is in Virginia Beach. And it turns out to be not very far from where we stayed, right around the corner, literally. Anne owns the store and is a delightful, delightful lady. She took us on a tour, showed us all of the things in the shop, all the up and coming things in case my daughter wants to go. And I bought not a ton of things, but I did buy a mini kit. I bought some pink um, floss from Classic Color Works and I bought a pattern that is a drum because you know I'm obsessed with figuring out how to make them from Tiny Town Halloween and I am so excited. I also bought some remnants from their linen in several different colors as well as a little remnant of Ada. So I am excited to try my hand at stitching on linen and I might see if I can do one of my small tea time stitch alongs with the silk on the linen cloth. It's very, very fine and small. So I'm, I might have to use the magnifying glass on my lamp. So, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things. I don't even know if I had magnifying eyeglasses on, if it would be real helpful. I think I need the magnifier that's attached to my craft lamp. So anyway, I would give another high recommendation. The prices were not horrible. They were, I thought, very fair and comparable to what I've been paying for things on the internet. Dying to Stitch in Virginia Beach. Loved that store and I am definitely going to stop again. So speaking of cross-stitch, okay, what have I been working on? I have been working on the uh, temperature cross-stitch since I've got home. The week we were gone, oh my gosh, it got 85. It was even warmer here than it was in Virginia Beach. And there were several, several days of colors I've never used. But now we're back to the cooler temperatures of greens and yellows. I've also took my Christmas tree, which is the reproduction inspired, a Quaker inspired, I think, um, stitch. It's a Kathy Barrick stitch and is a tree. And I realized the piece I cut is way too small to include all of the borders. So I'm just going to do the Christmas tree part, or it looks like maybe, you know, they're flower-like motifs stacked in looks like a dish and underneath it it has like reindeer and things I will put that on there but I'm not going to do the fancy border because there's number one not enough room and number two I wasn't sure I liked it for my taste it's a beautiful beautiful pattern so I got the tree done and now I'm adding the second color it's a two color cross stitch which is a coppery gold to go into the motifs to make it look like a Christmas tree and just very, very happy with it. 
Now, what have I been quilting? Socialites too. I got all 24 blocks done and I decided while I was on vacation and had time to think that I really loved a person would put up ideas on the Socialites Lounge Facebook group of an old quilt along called Threadology and they used a lot more blocks and a lot bigger blocks in uh, mixed up with the six inch blocks and I liked it because it was a spool and this is the year of sewing things that look like spools or spools of thread. I had the idea of just, I have 24 blocks, so I did it in a six by four stack, no sashing altogether. And then I added a top and the bottom that is a width of what I had and I cut it in half, which turned out to be about five and a half inches. Then I put a stitch and flip little square of two and a half inches on the corner to make it look like the top and bottom of a spool. And then I added some side pieces, which are a very creamy background, which goes with the background of most of the blocks that I chose. And then, ta-da, it's a top. And it's on my Instagram page if you would like to see it. And I think in the next week, I'll probably do a video regarding this particular quilt top. And what it means to me and you know the story you know I've had long COVID and it's been such a long long year I'm going to be one year since I first got sick at the end of May and I feel like this was a part of my rehabilitation I started out not being able to read a pattern very well getting confused and lost I watched every tutorial until the last few because I had it figured out again and so this was really one of those things that I did the same thing um, when I had thyroid cancer and they had to take my thyroid out and I had to have some treatments and I had a little bit of brain fog but I was just slow it wasn't like this where I was confused on things and directions and reading and poor comprehension I had a victory quilt back then that I made and I used that as my inspiration to get better and I was going to have victory over the things that were happening in my life. That was an Eleanor Burns quilt. If you want to look it up, that book probably, it should still be in print, but it's a wonderful book. It's a 1940s World War II inspired book and I had way too much fun making it. She also had a video series that I watched um, on YouTube to go with each block and so I did that again with the socialites too and then I decided to branch out I've got my Lori Holt scrappiness is happiness and I've been working on the crisscross stars now today I had a devastating um, realization I've made about five of these blocks which are pretty big they're about 15 and a half inches and there's it's a great pattern i talked about this last time but Lori holt is a genius pattern writer the beauty of the crisscross star is you don't have to match up a lot of points however i realized the crisscross you have a point over you know because it's an eight pointed star it overlaps another eight pointed star and not all of my overlaps are the same 
that would be the way Lori made them. And I thought, you know what? I'm leaving them because I've already, they're stitch and flip. And you can't go back and undo it because I've already cut them, cut the corners off. But I'm like, I don't have that much of the bright yellow background, but I'm just going to go with it because it is what it is. When I look at other people who have done crisscross stars, they've done the same thing too. And I'm like, okay, so if four out of the 20 that I make aren't perfect, no one is really going to notice. I just told you, and now you're going to notice, but it. I just think it's just part of the learning process and getting back on my feet, so to speak. So I've been working on that. The other thing I finished was a vintage kite. And now it just so happens that Fat Quarter Shop is doing a vintage kite sew along if you want to use their um, piecing paper, foundation paper for it. But a friend of mine pieced one of these, dropped it off a year ago in June, and I just took it off the frame. I'm so proud. I custom quilted it and it it's really really pretty so I'm going to do the second one of hers and I'm pretty excited to number one be able to quilt and to imagine how I want to quilt these things again because visualizing things is coming back and I'm very excited about that um, so those are the things I've been working on I have been really bitten by the bug looking at people doing art journals of all kinds and I'm going to probably pick that up this this summer maybe I don't know maybe to maybe tomorrow we'll see where the creative energy takes me <laughs> so I just want to say I feel like I've really made progress on my COVID recovery so I thought I would talk a little bit about it um I even had like some testing at the chiropractor so he's been using two products um, on me and doing very little to no manipulation he does more um, rehabilitation and sports I mean he has done some a little bit of attraction type thing on my back and trying to keep things um, aligned but he's not doing manipulation on me so he's using something called brain tap which you can find out about on YouTube it is a proprietary, basically a meditation. So twice a week up until this next week, I've been going and listening to a 20 to 30 minute meditation, visualization. Um, he's calling it a creative exercise, positive psychology type of thing. Thinking about what you want to do and how you can achieve it. But it's also about relaxation. And I think my body has been so stressed. Some little testing that he does with the BrainTap um, program as a person who can administer this showed that I was very stressed out. I wasn't getting quality sleep. I was getting sleep but not rest and having um, problems staying alert. I'm like, yeah, you're preaching to the choir. I know all about that. <laughs> That's what long COVID is all about. But he's also at the same time that I'm doing this meditation, putting these compression boots on called Normatech. And you can buy them on YouTube. Feels fantastic because since I've had COVID, my legs have been swelling. And every time I stand up, they feel like they swell. So I think the combination of the two things at the same time have been very helpful. And that's when I started to feel better. Um, that pushed me as I'm feeling better 
to be able to exercise more because I was pushing myself to try to exercise more, but I was getting exhausted with it. And then my lungs started to feel a little bit better. And I've been able to row about 15 minutes some days, some days 10, do a little bit of weight training, a little bit of um, calisthenic type of things, um, sitting on a, squatting on a box and sitting on an exercise ball, trying to get my balance. So the one thing that has not improved since I've been sick was the tinnitus or tinnitus in my ears. I already have Meniere's disease and have ringing in my ears. It's gotten very loud. So the other part is these meditations are helping me to cope with that. And of course, with all of that being said, you know, comes other um, cognitive things, you know, as you're trying to process things, your body and your brain are working so hard to figure out what is going on, you constantly feel stressed out and easily overwhelmed. Just saying that because if you're trying to help someone or maybe you have long COVID or a friend of yours has it or a family member, just know it is a really long journey and some people have these symptoms for a long time. I'm hoping that at the one year anniversary things will be better, but I'm hoping the other parts that have improved but aren't cured will get better, which is the sense of taste and smell. That has gotten a little bit better, but some days is better than others. And I'm hoping that maybe I'll be able to consistently smell flowers or consistently smell odors and taste is like extremes. I can taste bitter. I can taste sweet. I can taste some things in the middle, but the subtleties of a very good meal, I cannot. And that is sad, but there are worse things in this life. So that's been where I'm at. That's what I've done. I thought I'd be transparent about it. I didn't want to jump right off at the beginning of saying, oh yeah, I'm going to this chiropractor and it's going to work for everybody. It probably doesn't work for everybody. And this has worked for me and it's very expensive, but my insurance has paid for the treatments so far. I do know you can buy both um, products on the internet. Um, the brain tap is very expensive for your subscription to the meditations and meditating programs are, they're good. I, the ones that I like are expensive, but you can get headspace for a lot less. But you know what they do at the doctor's office is there's like headphones that are noise canceling that you listen to and it flashes lights in addition. I don't really know that all that's necessary, but he has it. It's part of the whole, the whole treatment. So while I'm going, I'm using it. I don't know that I'll go out and spend $800 for that headset and then another seven or eight. I don't know. I think it's, it's several hundred dollars a year to have the big package because I priced it out for the, um, brain taps, meditation and visualization programs to listen to. But I know Headspace is a lot cheaper, so I may consider going that route. Um, the other thing I have been doing is I'm listening to an audiobook. It's called 10% Happier, and it's from a guy who was on the news. And all of a sudden, can't remember his name, Dan Harris, I think. And I'm listening to the book on Libby. So I'm going to say is I like the first chapter. It was pretty long, and I've been listening to that. He's reading it himself and um, 
it's really good. You know, it's kind of autobiographical talking about um, how he got to a point where meditation was important to him. I was right. It is Dan Harris. Um, so I think he's also got an expensive, you know, secondary thing since this took off. I think this book is several years old, um, you know, that you can buy meditating programs from him. But I'm finding the first chapter is pretty interesting of how he went as a young man in news and went, jumped right in being obsessed with trying to make it in the business. And he was working closely with Peter Jennings and going around the world with um, the Taliban reporting on that in addition to 9-11. And, you know, all of a sudden you can't experience those things, right, without it affecting you. And he talks about how he didn't recognize because he was young and inexperienced on top of the fact that he also got into self-destruction and didn't really have the insight to see that he had a lot of trauma going on and where how he had a panic attack on La, uh, Good Morning America, which I believe is live TV and millions of people saw it and he was devastated. So anyway, this is his journey. Um, it's, you know, not super fuzzy, warm feelings so far as he's a news guy and he delivers it in his news anchor news casting voice, which I like. And I, um, I'm finding his story to be very interesting. And he's now getting into the part about how he's getting better. And and that all happened in the first chapter. So pretty, pretty nice, uh, fast moving book so far. So I'm liking it. Now, something else that I downloaded that I liked is I'm using the Merlin app to identify bird song. So it'll help identify audio if you can't see a bird and you want to know, hmm, I wonder what song that is and what bird it belongs to because I'm a nerd that way. And I really enjoy doing that kind of stuff. You know, something that I found out, though, is that I've joined a lot of gardening and bird feeding groups or bird watching groups and people don't know a lot of stuff. And I'm kind of like, really? You didn't know that that was a blah, blah, blah bird. It's like pretty indigenous to my area. I don't know a lot of birds when I go somewhere else. So I don't know why, you know, I was surprised, but you know, these are people who live in Michigan and they don't know Michigan birds. Same with, you know, common plants. And I guess part of that is being older, right? You have a lot of experience and you see a lot of things, but then I realized I'm one of these people that even from a very young age, when I got interested in rocks, I researched all the rocks and I got every book from the library. I touched every rock that I could find, looked at them, studied them. Same with birds. I would sit outside as a kid and listen to all the birds. I would look at the birds. I tried to figure out what one was what. I would ask other people who knew. Then I got into house plants and I got books from the library plant identifiers. I learned all of the 1970s common plants that everybody had. And guess what? Boom. That's, that's something that is popular again. Well, then the internet came around and trivia and that kind of stuff has always been fascinating. So you can go on deep dives all the time. I watch documentaries. So I'm kind of like, oh yeah, that's probably why I know a lot of stuff because I spend a lot of time being a nerd about it. 
Now, if I could get to where I could remember all that stuff, that would be fantastic. <laughs> so I was, I was had a day where it was like nothing was coming up on my Facebook feed except for all of these groups and people asking, what kind of bird is this? It's a robin or a blue jay. But, you know, that's okay because that's how people learn. And I really hate it when people are snarky back to them. Um, but I'm just like, why did I get stuck on that that one day? And TikTok had one day where I got nothing but new music. And then it was like a great day that was gone. Never to be the algorithm, never to be, <laughs> never to be, um, had again. So I'm just kind of like, get off social media, Vicky, really? I shouldn't spend so much time doing that. I should spend more time being a nerd about things that I'm interested in. So my project for this summer is, I have a project. Of course I do. I have lots of projects. Well, the first thing you know, I'm going to work through those Lori Holt patterns that I have and bust this stash. I'm definitely working on scrap quilts. But the second thing is, remember the art journals? I thought, wouldn't that be a fun thing to do with the grandkids when I go back and visit in July? Now this visit, I'll be by myself and I won't have a car. My daughter um, will have the summer off, but um, it's more of a spend time with the kids. We'll do puzzles. We'll play games, video games, as well as board games. They have all kinds of things like that. But I thought, what kind of summer kids crafts could I prep and easily ship to or pack in my suitcase on a plane to take down there? Well, my daughter goes... Well, when you were here a few years ago, we have all of the tie-dye stuff left. You know, I bought a massive tie-dye kit from Michael's and we bought even some more dye. She goes, we have a lot of that left and it should still be good. So I thought, oh, tie-dyeing. So we'll buy some t-shirts when we're down there and see how much colors we have and what's left and then work on doing more tie-dye. In fact, I thought I'm going to try to buy a yard of ready-to-dye Kona white and I'll tie dye not a t-shirt for me but a yard of fabric for the goose because guess what all of the goose clothes that I made fit and I do have a photo of a, the goose wearing a dress and while we were down there I forgot to tell you the last day we were there in 90 minutes um, a few sewing lessons that I gave my daughter when she was in high school we put to motion because she wanted to sew the goose a dress. So we, I happened to take about four or five yards of different fabric and I sat there with her and she sewed the goose a dress. And all the two dresses I made definitely worked. So I left the pattern with her and um, I expect she'll be making the goose quite a few dresses and I probably will too because I have um, a copy of some pattern pieces that I did on tissue paper. It was a very expensive pattern, but Glamour Goose does two thumbs up. I'm going to give a two thumbs up review for her pattern. It's phenomenal. I got the ruffled goose dress with all the options and how you want to do the sleeves and different collars as well as a couple of accessories. So back to kids crafts. So we talked about tie dye and I was going to do the goose maybe a tie-dyed funky dress or even I figured out how to take the dress and probably make like a big oversized t-shirt 
and it would be kind of, you know, grateful dead looking. And maybe I could even applique something. Oh, applique. You know how I am with applique. Something for the goose. But then I thought, wouldn't the girls love art journals? Maybe I could have some watercolors or maybe I could have stickers or junk journal things sent from Michael's before I get down there. And we could work on maybe like an art journal page a day. Um, maybe work on some origami style pockets and different things that you can put on the junk journal pages. Um, bookmarks. That's another thing I thought we could make with maybe watercolor paper or um, there's kits you can get at the store. And I may take some scrap pieces of eight cloth and we can all work on a simple cross stitch. So there's a couple of kids, get um, third graders and first graders. So if you have any other ideas, let me know for uh, camp, grandma camp with the grandkids. So I thought that would be something interesting and I'd end on some good news. I don't have a craft store in town. I still have a quilt shop, but, and I have Walmart, but our Hobby Lobby was the only other craft store in town. And a year ago, it was destroyed in a, I think F3 was the size of tornado. Happened to coincide with like the second or third day. I was homesick with COVID and I actually made it to the basement. So that has been uh, wiped clean where the store was. And nobody has heard whether or not they're going to rebuild. However, they have fenced it off again and they look like they're getting some materials to do some building. And I'm just fingers crossed, hoping that we get a Hobby Lobby back. I do miss it. I've stopped a couple of times when we were out of town or going to Costco because there are Hobby Lobbies close by. And I'm like, man, I miss coming here. I miss going to Hobby Lobby for random lunch hours or maybe I'm having a bad day and I don't come home for my sacred moments at home meditating <laughs> deep breathing um, as my break from work which I do often or taking that time for myself once in a while I would go to Hobby Lobby or go after work or on a weekend or get inspired or go with friends so I kind of miss all of that and so that being said, now that I'm feeling better, I also am working on getting my routines back, my rituals back, and I have created what I call a sacred space in my creating room, my sewing room. It's those moments where you just feel like I was here for hours this morning and early afternoon, and I didn't realize that much time had gone by because I was having so much fun, even though I discovered I made the crisscross stars a little wrong. But I think we all should have that. And sacred doesn't mean religious. I mean, it means that place where you can go to just recharge your batteries, to find your, I don't know, some people call it sparkle, your joy, if you're a Marie, Marie Kondo um, person, or place to just rejuvenate your spirit. That's how I look at it, sacred space. So I have my sewing machine in front of the window. I can look out. 
I can see the birds, I can watch the weather. I can also feel the drafts in the wind, but that's okay because it connects me with what's really going on in the world. I have spent way too much time from being before, well before I was sick, through the last year of being on social media and scrolling just because that's all I could do or maybe it got to be a bad habit. So I found this room being cleaned up because I did the Karen Brown's sewing room declutter earlier this year and I want to now that's warming up go out to the front porch and start rearranging that too I've been waiting for warmer weather because it's not heated very well out there and just kind of keep going with the rest of the house and that helps you know with the whole outer order inner calm as Gretchen Rubin has said and to work on keeping everything nice and tidy and finding this as a fun place to come in for those moments when you need to really really recharge yourself from a long boring or stressful week I get both um, I've done the same job for 30 23 years and 30 years in my career and yeah got a few more to go <laughs> a lot more to go probably so anyway sacred spaces do you have one and with that you know do you have rituals I'm working on a morning ritual starting my day off creative because it sets the tone for a good day a few minutes in here sewing a few minutes on the long arm my coffee ritual and after work um, my exercising ritual routine whatever you want to call it which has all been very very helpful so anyways I thought I'd catch up on what I've been doing and on this cold and rainy April day I am going to go to the grocery store tomorrow I think and I'm going to spend some time stitching and maybe catch up on a couple of shows, make a couple phone calls, and I also think I'm going to get a cup of tea. So I am continuing my Saturday morning coffee on the blog every Saturday, which is kind of like a coffee talk and chat. Um, I do have my YouTube channel going. I'm trying to put something up every week. I'll be working on the this week's video soon. You can always support the channel with a virtual cup of coffee through Kofi, which is ko-fi.com. It's also a link on my blog. And another way you can support the channel is that I have an affiliate link for Fat Quarter Shop, and I will put that in the show notes. If you use that link, it costs you no more money to purchase anything at the Fat Quarter Shop, but I do get a little bit of a bonus for the sale, and that helps me keep things going here. Um, and the coffees all help with the expense of keeping the podcast going and all of the expenses with that. So I thank everybody who has purchased me a virtual cup of coffee. That would be Barb, Diane, they're also very, very generous and regular people who make donations. I want to thank Donna, who has supported me. I also want to thank Colleen, 
Gail, thank all of you. And Mary gave me a beautiful donation with a little note. So when you do uh, send a Kofi, you can send a little note. And on Kofi, I always answer. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for your support. Now, have a most wonderful day. And I'll be back in a couple of weeks. And we'll see what other fun things I've been up to. Take care and we'll see you then. Quilt on, everyone. <laughs>